that we will work together regardless of our backgrounds, regardless of our political aspirations or political difference, regardless of our upbringing or our wealth to work together for the greater good of our communities. Lord, may we pull together as a nation to recognise togetherness when we work together in unity. Lord, we can achieve great things. But also in the world as well, we recognise there are parts of the world that are hurting and we are in that symbiotic relationship when we need to work together. May we seek to do that, Lord. Work together for the greater good under your guidance. Thank you, Lord. And Lord, I pray a blessing on dear Hanny. Thank you that he's come to be with us this morning. I thank you for all that he is as a friend. I thank you for all the work that he tirelessly does in blessing others. And I speak blessing over him. Lord, as he steps up, Holy Spirit, I pray that you will pour over him. And out of the overflow that you place upon him, Lord, it will flow into our lives. So each one of us will receive something to encourage us to motivate us and to challenge us to step forward into this week. Hold on to whatever treasure you have for us as we seek to continue to journey with you and journey with one another. We come in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. Hanny, over to you, fella. Great blessing to be with you. Uh, today and uh, uh, Ryan and, and I have been trying to organize this for some times, even before COVID, and things changed everything. I want to say that uh, it's really a blessing to get to know your pastor. I came here before uh, 2019 I saw the building and get to know Ryan a little bit, but uh, throughout our time in the Thames Valley gathering, we get to know him more, and it's a great blessing. What a man, full of fire and encouragement and brings life wherever he is. A really a great blessing. Um, I want to tell you a little bit first about the LBA. Um, one of the reasons that uh, we are as Baptists in London um, connected is actually the work of the LBA. But first, I want to tell you first about me because uh, you would be wondering what type of accent is this? So I'm, I'm going to cut it short and tell you that I am originally Egyptian, came to London, 1995. I married to Judith. She is from Holland. And spent 17 years in London and then moved to Canada. Spent six years there, pastor in a church, and came back in 2019. So you will have all kinds of things, you know, uh, some American words and some... Uh, Egyptian grammar, all kinds of things will happen, but hopefully you'll be able to understand me well. I have two boys, uh, Timothy and Christopher, uh, 15 and uh, 12, uh, so uh, really uh, blessed with them. And my role as a regional minister is to look after particular areas in London, so I look after the West and the Thames Valley and Centre London, and there is about 60 churches within that. I also look after the mission side of the LBA, so all the mission committees and uh, intercessory prayer team, um, chaplain connect group. I look after um, anything to do with mission in, in terms of the unions and the LBA, so I represent the union, the, the LBA in, within, within the union mission committee. 
And that all gives me great opportunity to get to know what God is doing in different churches, how we can support you, how we can also um, enable your ministry to go beyond the local church. Uh, it's always a great opportunity to do that. The LDBA is about actually supporting the church, the local church. We, we Baptists believe in the autonomy of the local church. So everything to us is about how can the local church do her mission well? Is the local church supported well to evangelize its community, uh, to be uh, light and salt in the community? Uh, so we, we do all kinds of things, whether it is uh, helping the church in safeguarding issues or building issues or just mission and um, ideas about way forward. As a team, we have five teams, and we also have someone uh, dedicated for youth and someone dedicated for safeguarding and also administration staff. So a lot of people are there available to support the local church. And all this because of the giving of churches to home mission and I want to say thank you for giving to home mission your generosity is noted and it is what releases uh, the work of the LBA this is a very vital good please continue to do so uh, even though you are serving in this community you're actually serving beyond because of what you are doing and um, partnering with the LBA but the most, thing, most important thing to do if you would like to support the LBA is actually first to look after your pastor. The more you look after your pastor, is the, more, the more you are looking after the church and making our work easy. I cannot tell you how heartbroken it is when we find ministers are stressed or tired or overworked or worse, struggling with conflict within the church. So... Uh, being connected. So one of that way, uh, being connected, Ryan is always a faithful attender in our uh, weekly prayer meeting for this, uh, um, the Thames Valley District ministers. Uh, his contribution is valuable. Uh, also releasing him to come into the ministers' conference that we have every February. Now, uh, this year, of course, and the year before, we had uh, through um, uh, Zoom, but... It's such a great gathering. We, we, we gather with ministers from all across London, and that encourages ministers and, and gives unity to the church in London. But as, that, as well as being part of the gathering that we have, the AGM that we have for the LBA, as a church, as a member of the church of the London Baptist Association, you have a voice and you can contribute and wherever opportunity, you can engage with the local church, the local Baptist church, and the LBA is always a great support for us. We thank you again for your contribution to the family, the Baptist family in London. A great blessing to uh, be part of what God is doing. And it's a great blessing to stand here and, and preach. One of my colleagues, Lee Johnson, is, of course... You, one of your previous pastors, is, he's, he works with us as well. He looks after the north uh, east of London. But I've been blessed to be your regional minister. I've been blessed also to listen to the message before. I always do that. Before coming to any service, I, I, I say, what 
did they hear before? I was blessed to hear the message that Ryan shared with you and on, on why and how we live as disciples of Jesus. And I thought, you know, church, as we just heard, is a gathering of disciples. They are a group of people. In fact, when you look into the New Testament, Jesus called the disciples, and later on people called them Christian, and later on become what we know now as uh, church members, uh, but it's a gathering of disciples. And I thought, why is it that many churches are actually not effective living as disciples, effective in their way of living, in serving. I want to share with you some thoughts today about how we can live as effective disciples. What are the marks of an effective disciple? And that can apply to us individually, but also to us as a church. Why do we need to be effective disciples? Because in many ways... We could regret opportunities. If you recall what happened when uh, Peter denied Jesus, he went and wept. Why? He was crying because he lost great opportunity, an opportunity to stand by his master, an opportunity to identify himself as a disciple. He lost this opportunity. And being an effective disciple is actually will prevent us from losing opportunities, help us to be those who capture every opportunity to stand up for Jesus, to do his work. One important mark of being a disciple of Jesus, who is very effective in where they are, is a disciple, to be an effective disciple, we need not to be distracted. I probably will assume that all of us is distracted in some ways. Distraction is one of the hardest things to cope with, actually. We get distracted all the time. Uh, When Jesus called Peter, the story starts, Peter and Andrew, he called them in a unique way. In Matthew 4 and verse 19 and verse 20, he said to them, Don't worry, I will make you no more to fish, but you will be fishing for people. Come follow me. So that was the call. From now on, you will give up fishing as a trade, and I will make you to fish for people. And for three years and more, they stopped fishing, and they followed Jesus, spending everything in order to learn how to be good fishermen, but now fishing for people rather than just for fish. And something happened before they received the gift of the Holy Spirit. Something happened because they were in time of waiting. Jesus rose from the dead. They saw him. They saw some miracles. He appeared to them. And then we read in John 21, Chapter 21 and verse 3, that Peter said, I'm going to fish. And he took six people with him and went for fishing. Well, nothing actually wrong with going fishing. Should they have gone to fish? 
And of course, they should not have gone to fish because it's distraction from what he called them to do. A distraction that takes them away from what he actually called them. And they should be now praying and waiting. This is why he told them, do not move. Keep waiting and wait until the gift of my Father, the Holy Spirit, will come and empower you so that you can be my witnesses. They went to fish and they were distracted. A small note about the church here. Every time you stand up for Jesus, you are mentoring someone in the church even if you don't talk about it. And every time you step away from being a disciple of Jesus who is able to show what Jesus can do, also you're taking someone with you like what Peter did. That's what we usually do. We affect one another because we are one body. Why is it easy to get distracted as disciples of Jesus? It's so easy to get distracted as disciples of Jesus. Do you know why? Because fishing is not a sin. You and I will not be distracted with something that what we call obvious sin. We know that this is sin. What we get distracted with in life is most likely things that are okay, are fine to do. And sometimes essential when you think about fishing, it's it's source of getting food. You and I will be distracted with things that seems normal. And maybe a, a good program or a sport or, or even making money or, or friendship or ambitions. All these are good things. Things that we will have to be engaged in. But the trouble when they take over us and they become distraction for us. And so we need to ask ourselves to be effective disciples. What actually takes my time? Am I doing the right thing? The story goes on as you know it. Is that uh, Jesus eventually brought them back. And they eat him, fish. And um, when they had finished eating, in verse 15, we read that Jesus started to talk to Simon and tell him, Simon, do you love me more than these? And Jesus says that, and Peter says, yes, I do love you. And he says, look after, feed my lambs. And this went for three times, even Peter get upset in the end. And of course, the wonder is, what are these he's talking about? It's so easy to assume, of course, that it's the fish. Incredible that he asked them to bring some fish from what they caught, even though they find him has, have fish for them on fire, ready for them to have breakfast. But it's almost like an illustration. You went out to fish. Do you love me more than what seems important or essential? And the answer is look after what I called you for. One of the most remarkable uh, verse in the Bible, 2 Timothy 2 and verse 4, we read, no one serve." as a soldier, gets involved in civilian affairs. Why? Because they want to please their their commanding officer. 
Actually, the word here, get, get involved in civilian affairs, actually would be better translated, get entangled in civilian affairs. It's almost like you are walking, and something gets your legs entangled and become heavy load and, and holds you down. And there is a lot of things can entangle us in the way. For us to be effective disciples or doing what we are called to do, we need to be aware of distraction. Because even though soldiers could be equipped, trained, able, but if they are distracted, they are compromised. And that's what the enemy will always try to do. In this story about the disciples going to fish and Jesus calling them and providing food for them. And also there is details here that tells us about another mark of being an effective disciple, which is to be a sensitive. An effective disciple is a sensitive disciple, a disciple that reflects all the time. Able to detect God's ways and God's deeds. You know, the Bible talked about that regarding Moses. Moses knew God's ways, but the people of Israel knew his deeds. Something different. Ways and deeds are something different. But first, can we detect anything that God is doing among us? It's very important because God is always working in your life. God is around you. God is leading you. God is in the details of every day. But if we are distracted, if we are not sensitive, we can miss the opportunities. We can miss his guidance. You know the story, what happened is that they worked all night and then no fish. And early in the morning, Jesus come by the shore and say, hey, do you have fish? And they said, well, we don't have any fish. Okay, throw, verse 6, John 21, throw your net on, on the right side. And of course they did, and catch a lot of, large number of fish. They could not recognize him. He was in the shore, and he hidden his identity from, from them, so they just answered him. But something happened. John is telling Peter, hey, this is the Lord, watch out. Once they caught the fish, say, oh, I have seen that clip before. It happened before. You know, God's power, God's power in this unique way happened before. We know that that's how he called Peter when he stepped into his boat, went away from the shore a little bit so he can speak to people. And then he said to him, well, throw your net again in the deep for fish. And Peter said, well, we worked all night. We know our job well. It doesn't work during the day. But just because he said so, we will do it. And they did, and they caught a lot of fish. They saw the power of Christ, God and the flesh. John was sensitive enough to detect God's deeds. He saw this power before was able to recognize him from his deeds, even though he did not reveal himself to, them, to him. See, Jesus came to restore them. 
restore them from continuing to spend their time in fishing and leave the main call to make them go back he came and revealed his deeds to them and what happened John detect his deeds a sensitive disciple will be able every single day they go through their normal daily activities will be asking is that you lord are you in this details are you in this actions why things happening the way they are what god is trying to tell me maybe he's trying to direct you to something or bring you from particular distraction or whatever the most important is are we able to see his deeds among us in the normal day-to-day life not just when we come to church not just when we are in our small groups but in every situation because he might be very much wanting to direct us and if we're so busy or so distracted we we will miss the opportunity could they have discovered him before he made this miracle and they caught the fish of course they should they should have said no one else tells us to throw the net after a long night without any result except the one who did it before this is not just by chance you see the christian life is not just open to chances everything god is in the story in your story in the story of everyone around you and if we are sensitive enough we will be able to detect the way he directs things in our lives but also his deeds in case we are distracted or he wants to direct us and notice what happened when peter heard he ran quickly and swam to the shore in order to meet jesus and the rest of the disciples brought the boat back really a great um, lesson for us you know god will be talking to us all the time if we are not sensitive we will miss his voice we will miss his deeds but if we are sensitive once he communicated that to us is our responsibility to run back to him it is our responsibility to bring our boat back to him and be again under his leadership because in many times god will be speaking to you in things that might not be obvious you could be maybe watching a program and you know that that is distracting distraction for you and within that program something happened that a voice come into your heart or your mind and tell you actually you should give up that and you will have to make a split second decision should i run back should i leave where i am i wonder if the disciples they did not just run back to the shore what would have happened they would not have had the conversation but the holy story tells us that the danger for disciples to be distracted and the important for every disciple to be sensitive reflecting in every second of their lives about what god might be doing or saying in order to stay effective disciple 
It is the same with the church. Imagine if a church is distracted. It's so doing all kinds of things, but is distracted. Then what God called the church to do. Or a church that is not sensitive enough, not giving enough time to reflect and think about what God is saying for us in the midst of all the activities we do. There is another mark of an effective disciple. An effective disciple is a serious one. And I don't mean miserable. (laughs) No, they know how to laugh and have fun with family and friends and brothers and sisters. But they're serious about being disciples. Um, It is about the ability to know that it's not necessarily a walk in the park, being a disciple of Jesus. To live as a church full of disciples is not going to be without a cost. It costs. One of the things Jesus said in Luke 14, he gave examples of what it is to be a disciple. He said, suppose someone would want to build a tower. Would that person would not count the cost and see that they can complete the project? They will because they're serious about building the tower. Or a king wanting to fight another king, would they not think about, can they do it with the tools and the people that king has? They will. And why? Because it's a matter of life and death. They're serious about it. The risk is so big to ignore the cost of discipleship. And uh, good disciples, they count the cost, but it choose the costly. That's opposite to what the world will tell us. To count the cost and it choose what is not costly. We know the cost. We know it will take a lot of energy to make our church reach beyond its walls to the community. It will take a lot of sacrifices in order to do God's will in our own life individually. We need to count the costs well. Being a serious disciple, it means that actually we're thinking seriously about what it is. Because Jesus said in the same way, any of you who does not give up everything cannot be my disciple. It's giving up everything we have so that we can be his, fully his. Yes, we will have to live in this world. We have to uh, look after our families. We have to have homes. We have to have life. But it's about using the things of the world and not letting the things of the world use in you. It's about having the things of the world but not letting the things of the world have in you because you belong to someone. That's the hardest thing about being an effective disciple, is that actually it's not a cheap, it's very costly. Everyone competes in the games, goes into strict training. And in the same way, we will be busy. Effective disciples are so serious and so busy about being a disciple. They are so busy reading their word and fasting and praying, seeking God for his will and serving. 
They're just so serious about it. You cannot be effective if you're not serious about it. And you can see it, a church that's very serious about what it is that God is calling them to, and another church that's just laid back. They both could be looking from outside the same. But once you come in, you see the difference and you know the impact. Last thing I want to share about being an effective disciple, being an effective a church, is actually being focused. A disciple who is effective, a church that is effective, they are very focused. They know exactly what God called them to do, and they focus on what God called them to do. They're not just distracted doing everything everywhere. We can get distracted. And if we are sensitive, we can hear his voice and direct us. But the most important is that we are aware of what he actually called us to do. What is number one priority? What are our aims as a church, as individual? What is actually God calling you to do? Because if you go everywhere, you could end up actually not doing anything for him, but doing everything for everyone. We need to know, because the greatest distraction can happen in doing good things. In serving, in being busy as a church, it's very important that for us individually and as a group, that we know exactly what God wants from us. The story in Mark 1, really an amazing story. Jesus went to Capernaum, and at the synagogue he preached, and he drove out evil spirits. And then the people were so amazed and brought all the sick to him and those with evil spirits. They were so amazed about what he did. And specifically after he healed Simon's mother-in-law. In verse 32 of Mark 1, that evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door. Now, wouldn't you not? This is the answer. He sets people free from the power of evil. He sets people free from sickness. His words bring life. Everyone was after him. But what we read, what did Jesus do? Mark 1 verse 35, early in the morning... While it was still dark, no one still up, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. He spent time to pray, left everything, and did not allow anything to distract him. The number one priority is spending that time and getting to know God's will for your life. Very important. And then something really amazing happened because the disciples start to look for him. In verse 37, Simon, 
and his companions went to look for him. And when Simon found him, he said, everyone is looking for you. Where are you? We need you. Everyone is needing you. So what would Jesus do? Say, okay, well, let's have more healing. Let's have more deliverance. This is really working. This program is really helping the community. Let's do more of it. No, Jesus didn't do that. He said, really astonishing, in verse 38, let us go somewhere else. Everyone is wanting you. People are in need of healing. Oh, yeah, let's go somewhere else. Why? Let's go to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. You see, priority is very focused on what he came for. He did not come to make miracles even though he is able and did many. He did not come to set people free from evil spirits even though he came, even though he did. But he came for one clear purpose, to preach about the good news of eternal life. The cross that can take people away from all the captivities and bondage of this earth and take them into eternal life. Jesus was very clear about the aim, the goal. He knew very well what the Father wants from him and he did not get distracted even with good work. An effective disciple will will be like the master. Effective church will know exactly what the Lord is calling you to do in this community. And no matter how good opportunities around you, you might do and get engaged in all kinds of things, but you will never lose focus of what he called you to do. And that's the most and challenging task of a disciple, is not to get so busy and just do everything, but to recognize what God called them to and be focused in doing what the Lord is calling them to do. In John 17 and verse 4 and verse 6, closer to the end, just before going to the cross, Jesus prayed and said, I have brought you glory in earth by completing the work you have given me to do. He knew exactly what he wanted to do for the Lord. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. He knew that not everyone will accept. In fact, when you look into his life, he invests heavily on, a th- on three and invest on the 12 and sent 70 out. Did not cover the whole earth and did not fix every problem. He knew the task that the Father put before him. And that's what we need to do. We need to be people who are not distracted. We need to be people who are very sensitive, able to hear what God is doing and what he's directing us to. Very serious about what it costs to be a disciple of Jesus. What it means to be a church that reaching out in the will of God. And recognizing his call on us as a church and individuals. What is exactly he wants you to do right now at this particular time. I pray that God will will just guide you individually and as a church to be those who are doing that. Let us pray. Thank you, Jesus.
maybe a thought and a word, maybe when we heard about distraction, you felt the Holy Spirit is saying something to you personally. This is a perfect time to just ask him, Lord, give me grace to be able to detect the moments when I'm distracted. Or maybe you've heard God is saying, well, be aware of me more, listen to me more. I am talking to you always. I'm in the story of your day. And ask him to make you a sensitive disciple. Or maybe the cost is quite high. And you know the things that God is asking you to give up. The things that he wants you to let go so that you can be fully his. And this is the time also to make a decision. To bring your boat back to him and say, Lord, I want to be under your authority. I want to be available to you. This is a good time to ask him for his will in your life. Lord, I thank you for your grace. That no matter where we are in your story, you reach us. No matter how hard it is, the challenges that we face, you are with us. And Lord, thank you for the privilege of being a disciple of Jesus. I just pray that you will continue to speak to us and give us ears to hear and a heart ready to follow. Lord, that we will be those who are focused clearly on the things you have called us to do. Lord, thank you for this church. Thank you for your faithful servants here. I pray, Father, that you will continue to guide them. As one church, they may discover your will, how they serve you best. Have they worked together as a team, a team directed by you, very focused in doing the things you have called them to. Thank you for each individual life in this community. And thank you that you brought a light and, 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 and a salt for this community, this church. I pray that you continue to use them for the glory of your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, uh, Hanny. Just pause for a moment while the worship team come up and settle themselves and just uh, hold on to anything God's saying to you specifically. Just hold on to that. Thank you, Jesus. It's amazing because you can have something and then you'll leave this place and you'll be distracted and you'll let go of what you've got. So hold on to that tightly. And one thing that struck me when Hanny was speaking, um, as church, we serve community in many different ways. We work with the poor, we help with debt, a variety of different things we do as church. But what does Jesus say in the great commission between us and him? 
Go and make disciples. Because much of what we do as a church, the community can offer. They may not, but they can. But what they don't have the ability to do is share Jesus Christ, the one that brings eternal life, the one that changes the very direction of our lives. And whatever else we do, the word of God, Jesus Christ, has to be at the forefront of any church. We must never be distracted from that. Everything else is secondary to that key point. So bless you, Hanny. I'd like to pray for Hanny now as well, as, as then we're going to close in, in some worship together. Oh, Lord, I want to thank you for the message today. It's so easy to be distracted, Lord. And uh, Lord, and when we are, Lord, please redirect our steps. Redirect our steps so we are sensitive of the mood of your spirit, Lord, the move of your spirit. And as we immerse ourselves in your word and we see what you spoke, we see your deeds, may that direct our steps. May our deeds be as your deeds, Lord. May we be as you, as we are disciples of you, Jesus. May we be like you. May we be serious about the business of serving you, Lord. May we have lots of fun and laughter along the way. But Lord, may we be serious about sharing the good news about you and being the good news as well, Lord. And that focus. Whatever else we're called to do, we operate in every sphere of life. But may we never be distracted from the key focus to bring your love into every place that we enter. We have that ability to change the environment and change the direction of every environment we enter if we remain focused and we're not distracted. Thank you, Lord. And we bless dear Hanny. We thank you for his heart to serve you, Lord, a disciple of you. And I pray blessing over him as he seeks to support ministers, as he seeks to do all the things he does. Lord, may he better balance his priorities between family and church and you and all that he needs to do, Lord. And we just speak lavish blessing over dear Hanny. Lord, pour in immeasurably more and that whatever he gives out comes from the overflow of what you pour into him and his family. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So anyway, church, look forward to seeing you next week. In the meantime, stay safe and stay connected with who? God and with one another. See you next week. Bye for now.
good to go out remembering that Jesus can do everything. He can take away our sin. So have a good week. God bless. <laughs>